Let's give that to the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, you did that good for me. You got to do better for him. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. God bless you. You can be seated. There's something that I've started doing. I believe in the power of declaration. And there is a declaration that every Jewish person makes. It's the first thing their children learn. It's the last thing that a Jewish person will say before they die. It's called the Shema. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Does anybody know it? I know you know it in English, but do you know it in Hebrew? Now, we're going to be an international church today. We've spoken Spanish. Y perdóname, pero mi español es no bien. Pero mi predicador en inglés solamente. Amen. That said, I just said, my Spanish isn't good, so I'll have to preach in English. But I'm working on it. Amen. ¿Cuánto dicen gloria a Dios? A su nombre. Oh, there we go. I want you to say this with me. Shema. Israel. Adonai. Eloheinu. Adonai. Achad. Vechavta. Et Adonai. Elohecha. Bechol. Levacha. Uvechol. Uvechol. Nefshecha. Uvechol. Mechodecha. You just said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And him shall you serve with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. Baruch Hashem, Yeshua HaMashiach. Praise the name of Jesus the Messiah. Amen. Brother, it was not 25 years ago. It was more like 30 years ago. You have held up much better than I. Dear Sister Tammy doesn't look a bit different. Amen. I want you to know something. I, I know you know how wonderful your pastoral family is. I know you know that. But every once in a while, amen, give them a hand. They deserve it. But you need to hear it from the outside. Everybody out here thinks the same thing. Amen. Amen. I have loved the Harpoles since the minute I met them. They are exactly as you see. And when nobody knew him, he was just like that. Amen. Amen. And I am honored, and I mean that in all sincerity, I am honored to call him my friend. And I am honored to be here with you this morning. I love coming to church with people that love to come to church. I think you folks like to come to church. Isn't that wonderful? And I know I'm in a good place because I'm like a kid in a candy store. Because when the Spirit of the Lord starts moving, I don't know if you realize it, but it's very important, the words that are spoken and the things that are said, because those words, Jesus said, my word is spirit and it is life. 
Amen. So when the Spirit of the Lord starts moving, there's thoughts and concepts floating around. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, the Logos. That means the mind, the mind of God, the envisaging of God, the plan of God, what he was expecting to release. So when God shows up in a place, there's ideas floating around. And they're God ideas. They're not good ideas, they're God ideas. And they're floating around in the atmosphere. And, and me, I'm an idea guy. I like ideas because I like to think a lot. I like to, to, to imagine. I've got an imagination. And I, I, I want to imagine what God is imagining because that's how everything that you see was created. It was created out of the imagination of God. And so when we start moving in the spirit like that, and look, everybody thinks you're crazy already. So quit worrying about it. Your family that you showed up at this Pentecostal church, they think you're a nut job. So just go with it. Just go with it. Amen. I have been praying about this day. I am so excited about it. But when I got here, see what happens is, is all those ideas are floating around and I'm like a kid in a candy shop. And God's talking to me, and there's so many things that you say, God's talking to you? Yeah, I mean, if, if God's not talking to you, why are you here? If God can't talk to you, then why would you even show up? God's here to talk to you. And you're here to talk to Him and to listen to Him. Hey, let's just jump down the rabbit hole, folks. Amen. We're, 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 we're down the rabbit hole here. It's a completely different world. You have released yourself from all limitations by opening yourself up to the possibility that is Jesus Christ. So let me tell you something. Jesus is not your janitor. He didn't come here to clean up all your messes. and to, he, That's not what he's here about. He's here to give you an opportunity to become As many as believed on him, gave he power to become the sons of God. Amen. You're still going to have struggles. You're still going to have trials. But the cool thing about getting in on the inside of this thing is everything that was meant for evil for you can then be turned for good. And the worst mistake you've ever made can actually be the greatest platform from which you would launch into the power of God in your life. Oh, I'm going to have a good time this morning. I'm excited about what the Holy Ghost is doing already in your life. If you believe that, shout yes. Whoa, shout yes. Amen, amen. Praise God. I'm going to let you be seated. We give honor to the Word of God by standing usually. And there's going to be some diehard that's going to stand up anyway. And God bless you for honoring that. But I'm going to be preaching and quoting scriptures the whole time. And you ain't going to stand up every time. So, amen. I'm going to read this story to you. How many of you have ever read, and I'm asking this for a reason. Because I want to, I want to be able to... So, you know, just kind of jump ahead on some things. How many of you have never read the story about David when he was in the cave of Adullam? First Chronicles, amen. First Chronicles chapter 11, verse 15. Amen. Let's read this and then, so there's only a couple of you that, that haven't heard the story unless you're lying and 
you're going to go to hell. So, <laughs> amen. Not really. We'll help you. <laughs> if you haven't noticed, I like to cut up, okay? And that's because I want to relax you. I know you're checking me out. Well, I'm checking you out too. And you've got a good spirit. I love this church already. New life. What a cool name. This is, how many of you are thankful for the new life that God's given you? Amen. Well, you know what I want to do today? I want to help you this morning. I want to help you fully embrace your new life by releasing some things of your old life that you may not be aware of. Is that okay? You'll trust this old bald-headed man to walk with you a little bit? I'm going to tell you something. There's some people here that are heavy in their hearts. And they love the Lord. And every time you reach out, something pulls you back. We're going to talk about that this morning. And we're going to have a time. Are you ready? Amen. First Chronicles chapter 11, verse 15. Now three of the 30 captains went down to the rock to David into the cave of Adullam. And the host of the Philistines encamped in the valley of Rephraim. And David was then in the hold. And the Philistines' garrison was then at Bethlehem. And David longed, everybody say longed, and said, Oh, that one would give me drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, that is by the gate. And the three break through the host of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and took it and broke it and brought it to David. But David would not drink of it, but poured it out unto the Lord and said, My God forbid it me that I should do this thing. Shall I drink the blood of these men that have put their lives in jeopardy? For with the jeopardy of their lives, they brought it. Therefore, he would not drink it. These things did these three mightiest. Amen. I want to preach to you this morning. Sacrificing a drink from yesterday. Sacrificing a drink from yesterday. The concept of sacrifice is a deeply complicated endeavor. Sacrifice. Although it's one of the most primitive and primal acts of man, the first thing that, that, that men do when they clear an area is create a God. They understand, we all understand, involuntarily, subconsciously, that there is a power outside of us. The most ardent atheist has to acknowledge that there is some energy or some power or some force, some wave, some something that is larger than themselves. And, 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 and primitive men that aren't encumbered with, with a, an ego 
understood that there needed to be some offering given, something of value from my present to be offered to something greater for the possibility of my future. Do you follow that? That's a deeply complicated concept. That's not something that, that you just come up with. That's something that, 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 is, that is innate, that is known, that is, that, 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 that is awakened to a person that, that has awareness not only of, of, of the universe or of nature, but also of their own self. The problem that we have in our culture is that people have become so educated that they have become woefully ignorant of their own selves. We are all in a position that we can be so overstimulated with all of the conveniences of trying to take care of this meat suit that we're wearing, trying to preserve this body that we have laid waste to the essence that is ourselves. Our own mind, our, our ability to, to comprehend, our ability to connect with other people. We have all these cell phones and all these different means of communication. I'm going to need some water in a minute, I can tell. Somebody could help me out with that. We have all these means of communicating that we're supposed to connect us, but all it's done is more deeply isolated us. And you took the top off. You are so sharp. I love you. People bring you a bottle of water. I've got all these encumbrances and I'm going to be. So we have all these components, these things that help us communicate. But really, all it does is isolate us further. I understand there's, there's thousands of people watching us on the internet and I'm so thankful for that. But the fact is, is. And I realize there's some that can't be here, and I'm not speaking to them, but there are some that can be here. And what I want to tell you is, is those of you that can be here, you're missing the real essence of this because there is an energy that is in this place that cannot be picked up in your pajamas eating Dunkin' Donuts. It might be more convenient and it might feel better to this old meat suit, but I'm going to tell you something. There is a dimension in the spirit that you cannot get without coming together with the body of believers. Now, don't turn me off. Don't turn me off. Leave me on. Don't, don't go. Don't click over to football. Amen. See, I got y'all trapped. If you get up, I can point you out and say, where are you going? <laughs> but the thing about sacrifice is it, it involves a couple of components. One of them is value. There is a certain value that must be ascribed to the object of worship, the offering, and the one who makes the offering. There's an awareness that needs to be assessed. There's a value that needs to be assessed. You see, when, when, uh, 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 Cain and Abel were making their offerings. The Bible says God had respect unto Abel and unto his offering, but unto Cain he had not respect. He didn't even acknowledge Cain's offering because Cain did not have the respect of God. There was something about Cain that was off so much so that God didn't even care what he had in his hand. But Abel had positioned himself and aligned himself in a way that 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 he would bring to God was a value. 
And then there's the offering. You know, there's an acceptable offering and there's an unacceptable offering. David said in 2 Samuel 24, when he was offered the threshing floor and the ox and the materials to make the sacrifice, he said, God forbid that I would offer anything to God that doesn't cost me something. And he bought the threshing floor and he bought the sacrifice and he made a sacrifice consciously. See, see, sacrifice is not an afterthought. Sacrifice is a conscious thought planning. See, when, when God called Abraham and he said, Abraham, take your son, your only son. Well, actually, Abraham had another son. But you see, there's something about the sacrifice. See, the son was the sacrifice. And God only acknowledged one son because that was the son that he had declared. The other son came as a result of Abraham trying to help God. See, we, we have this idea that, that maybe if, if I can go outside of what God's saying and I can give him more. What, how are you going to give God more? You can't give God more. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills and all the taters in the hills. You're not going to give God more. The only thing that you can give God is first. You can't give God more. People say, oh, and I'm not going to get to pastor. But pastor told me I could preach like a pastor because I'm a pastor. So I'm going to preach like a pastor. And I love y'all. And if I say anything that he doesn't say, he's right and I'm wrong. And y'all can blame it on the ball-headed dude. All right? The reason we pay tithes is not to get more money. And it's not to fill up the coffers of the church or any of the stuff that the nation... Stop judging the principles of God by people that wouldn't know God from Adam's house cat. The reason we pay tithes is not to give God money. He already owns the money. He owns the breath in your lungs. The reason we pay tithes is to put God first. You can't give God more. All you can give him is first. Amen. By the way, I have a job. Amen. And so does your pastor. And so does every other minister that receives anything from this church. And you know why this church is blessed? Because you obviously have that concept. You have that concept that if I put God first, he will put me first. If I put God first, when it comes time for him to recognize me, I will not be like Cain. I will be like Abel. I want God to know me. <clears throat> Amen. So there's a lot to do with the sacrifice. And also, it's the object of our worship. We have to have a proper value on the object of our worship. Let me tell you something, folks. And, and listen, I'm a smart aleck, okay? I'm sorry. Your pastor is so sweet and kind and, and refined. And I am, I'm just an old dope dealer, y'all. I came from the street. And I'm trying real hard. I don't want to offend anybody with my manners. And I don't want to offend anybody with my words. But I'm going to tell you something. The attitude that the Western church has towards Jesus is offensive to me. 
Jesus is not your buddy. He is not your, your homeboy. It's not JC and the boys. When we said that today, Shema Israel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Ahad. He is the God above all gods. He is the first. He is the last. He is he that is and was and is to come. He is the almighty. There is fire that goes before him and a tempestuous wind all about him. He is the God of the angels. He is the Lord of hosts. He Hallelujah. I want to commend you. On the appreciation you show for God by presenting yourself on a Sunday morning ready to receive the God of glory. This God is worth everything. I hear people say, oh, give God a little face time. I'm going to tell you something. We need to be on our face. Hallelujah. I've heard preachers say, you know. God's holy and he makes everything holy. That is not true. God is holy. But he doesn't make things holy. We make them holy. The Bible says sanctify your hearts. You decide what is holy and what is not holy. You decide what sacrifice you'll bring. God is the one that decides whether he accepts it or not. I'm going to let that sink in. I'm going to drink a little water. Because we're not supposed to get thirsty up here. I want you to let that sink in for just a minute. And for all you folks trying to beat the Baptist to lubies, I'm going to quit at the right time. But God's got something to say to this church because you have no idea. I, I, I was standing here and brother, I saw you saw me turn around. I was looking at you during worship service and I'm excited about you. I'm excited about what God's doing in this place because you have no idea what you're getting ready to become. Oh, you've come a long way. And this is a wonderful place, but I'm going to tell you something. Your building is not nearly big enough for what God's getting ready to do in this house. See, you have, you have caught all of the elements. You have caught all of the elements of a New Testament church. You have no idea. You are sitting on a powder keg. This thing is about to blow up in a good way. Not in a bad way. In a good way. I'm talking about blowing up like dynamite in a mountainside, pushing the transcontinental railroad from coast to coast. I'm talking about becoming a, an avenue, a place where people can come. You're already a place where people come to be restored. But God is going to cause you to become a place where you launch people into the entire world. Bringing this all over the place.
Amen. And I'm not just telling you that to make you feel good. I'm telling that because it's true. It's true. Some of you sitting under the sound of my voice are going to be missionaries. Some of you under the sound of my voice are going to go out and preach this gospel. Some of you are going to finance and fund operations that are going to go over the whole globe. That's the heartbeat of this church. That's the heartbeat of this pastor. But you gotta, but you've gotta deal with something first, and, and that's what I'm talking about today. You see, there were a lot of years between Saul's anointing oil, the horn of anointing oil flowing down David's face and onto his feet, and him actually taking the throne. And everybody thinks that David is just this sweet little boy that was sitting out in the in, in the woods playing his harp and tending his sheep, and, and, and he and he was that. But you see, David, David had a lot of baggage to deal with. David had some familial issues, some family issues. You see, his grandmother was a Moabite. And a Moabite was not able to enter to the temple to the 10th generation. But it was his mother that was a Moabite, not his father. And so there was, you know... Jews can work the, work the, the word pretty good there and, and there wasn't a stipulation against Jewish women, I mean, against Moabite women. There was only a stipulation against Moabite men. Now, it wasn't that way with the Egyptians. The Egyptians were, were both. But, but the fact is, is he had some people talking about him. There was a question of David's legitimacy as being Jesse's son. When Samuel came and said, bring me your sons, He didn't call David. He didn't call David until Samuel ran out of sons. He said, you've got to have another kid. Where where is it? Oh, oh, David. Somebody go get David. How'd you like to be that kid? Oh, go get David. I remember one time, and this this is something that I had to sacrifice. I remember when I was a little kid, I used to... I, I sleep about four hours a night, and I've always done it my whole life. And I used to, when I was a kid, children didn't listen to their parents' conversations. You got sent in the back room, right? When the grown-ups were talking, the kids got sent in the back. Well, I got sent to bed, and I was laying in there, and I've got three older brothers, and my oldest brother was virtually perfect. The second brother could set the house on fire and get away with it. And the third brother was also an overachiever. And then there was me. And I was like six, five, six years old, right? So I hear my dad in there talking to his friends about Joe. And he goes on how wonderful Joe is. And then how wonderful Vince is. And then how wonderful Steve is. And then he just stopped. He, did, he didn't even mention my name. Oh, don't. I'm, I'm grown. It's okay. Sister, thank you. It's like, oh, bless him. <laughs> oh, my daddy hated me. No, not really. I'm kidding. But I mean, I was five, man. What are you going to do at five? You know, plays hopscotch good or climbs a tree. I mean, what, what are you going to say? They just, it, it wasn't, he didn't mean anything. But it, it, it hurt me. And then my mom said, well, now Jimmy plays baseball. You know, because mom, moms are always paying attention. You know, 
Moms are there to interpret dad to the kids. Isn't that weird? That's what the church is. The church is the bride. She's here to interpret dad to the kids. There's going to be a lot of things you don't understand. Let me tell you something new, folks. Get next to one of these old gray hairs. Get next to one of these old prayer warriors. They'll help explain God to you. They'll help explain what the Father's doing when you don't understand. Are y'all with me still? You see, David had a lot of insecurities, but he had the anointing. Well, listen, just because God puts his anointing on you, it doesn't, doesn't make you not have situations and circumstances to deal with. You see, there are people here this morning, and you know God loves you, but, but you don't act like it. He said, behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. But you, you, don't, you don't believe that. And it's not because you don't believe God. It's, it's, it's because you don't believe he'll do it for you. There's people here this morning and you're sick in your body and you say things like this. Well, God's got a lot of people to heal. <laughs> really? You really think God's tied up like that? People say, oh, God doesn't have time to listen to my... You, you do know he dwells in eternity, right? You do know that, that nothing... Has it ever dawned on you that nothing ever dawns on God? He's not just... Oh, well, hey, I wonder where that came from. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows everything about you. See, God gave me a message for tonight, and I don't want to get into it. But I'm going to tell you something. He's watching you, and it's not to kill you. People have this idea that God, oh, God's going to get... I had a guy tell me, he said, oh, I can't come to church, preachers. If I come in, the ceiling tiles will fall in. I said, what makes you so special? Your sins are so bad. Honey, I make most of y'all look like Mother Teresa. He loves a fire out of me. Flawed as I am, messed up as I am as many times as I've failed him. He's always been there ready to set me up. You know why? Because he's got plans for me. And he's got plans for you. And if we could ever get over ourselves... So David is here, and, and now things have changed. He's got people following him. He's got all these people that are, that are with him that, that have pledged their lives to him. Why? Because even though he's flawed, and even though he's got all of these situations in his life that he's trying to live down, all of these rejections, how would you like for your father-in-law to give your wife to someone else? Hey, come on, man. Let's get this thing off of the the felt chart in Sunday school and get down to business. This guy had some stuff to be bitter about. Legitimately. And now he's being chased by his own father-in-law, King, who he has pledged his undying loyalty to. And he's hiding out. 
And I always wondered, do, do, when y'all go to Israel, do y'all go to the cave of Adullam? You go to En where the pool is and all that? See, this is a weird story. Because David is now, he's anointed to be king, but he's not king yet. He's not been throned, enthroned yet. He's got all these guys following him. He's got all these victories under his belt. But he's being intimidated and chased by Saul because he's trying to honor God, man. He's trying to honor the anointing. He's trying to do church right. And church has turned on him. Anybody ever felt like that? And he's here and he's, he's hiding out. And he's got all these people following him and, and now he's responsible for their lives. I'm going to slide this in here just a minute. I know y'all don't criticize the Harpoles. But before you do, will you pray for them first? When, when, when pastor makes a decision that you don't agree with and he's going to do that. Because there's so many things that that, that we don't know a lot of times that leadership has to deal with. Would you do me a favor for my friend? Will you pray for him first before you criticize him? Because you have no idea the weight that that guy wakes up with every morning. Do you know how many preachers quit every year? It is ridiculous. 80% of pastors will not be pastoring this time next year. It's huge. And David's got all of this weight on himself. And he longs. Have you ever longed? I, I'm not talking, I, I was talking to a guy the other day, and he's like 26, and he's talking about back in the day. I was like, boy, you weren't even born back in the day. What are you talking about? I've got tennis shoes older than you. I, I, I want to know, any, any of you folks that have been on the planet for a little while, have you ever just... Just longed. If I could just go back. See, that's what David was doing. David was, David was longing. And he said, Oh, that someone would give me to drink of the well by the gate in Bethlehem. See, he knew that well. But we don't. It wasn't a well. It was a cistern. Does anybody here know what a cistern is? I know we got some farmers around. You know what a cistern is. A cistern is not a well. A cistern is a trough. Water is either caught, rainwater, or brought to the cistern. But at the cave of Adullam, there is a natural spring that is flowing. I've been there. It's beautiful, it's, it's crisp, it's, it's fresh. But David is sitting here in the presence of a, well, of a true artesian well and he's longing to drink water out of a cistern. You see, because he wasn't looking to quench his thirst. He wanted to go back to a simpler time. He wanted to go back to a time when life was easier. He wanted to go back before the mistakes. He wanted to go back before things were so complicated. 
He wanted to go back when he was just a boy. That when, it, when, when the pressure got too much, he could just run out. Go out into the wilderness and pull out that harp and start singing those songs. When it was just him and Jesus. How many of you have prayed, take me back, Lord. Take me back to where I first believed. When everything was simple, when my, when my repentance was close at hand. I have more than once. I ignored the artesian well and sought for that that was familiar. The Bible says this. The Bible says, know the truth and the truth shall Make you, not set you, make you free. Do you know what the difference between being made free and being set free is? See, the prison is a lie. The prison is a lie. And if I set you free, I just open the door. And you can run back in that prison whenever you want. And if you don't think for one minute that that cell is not a comfort to a person that is accustomed to imprisonment. You don't know what you're talking about. If I set you free, I open the door. And you can go run back in there whenever you get scared. But if I make you free, I destroy the prison. And you have to move forward and you have to move on. Amen. See, there's some of you here today, and the Son has made you free, but you keep running back into that prison because you have made the truth a half-truth. And when it's only a half-truth, you still have a refuge other than the rock that is higher than I. When I need a refuge, I don't want to run back to the familiar. I want to run to my Father. I want to run to the one that loves me that knows me, that has given me a future. You see, this is the deal, folks. You might have been to a thousand churches, but you've come to a put up or shut up kind of church. Because this is the last stop. This is the real deal, Lucille. You hear what I'm saying? Because we believe that book from cover to cover. We take hold of every promise that that book has. This is your best and last hope. Let's thank the Lord for just a minute. Let's thank the Lord for just a minute. God's getting ready to do something in this house. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. God bless you. You can be seated. So David makes the mistake of voicing this out loud. And you see, this is a deal. When you got men, I love how many men are in this church. That tells me this is solid leadership. This is solid leadership. The church that I pastored in Ruston, we ran about 450. And we had two women in our church who was married that their husbands didn't come to church. But I'm going to tell you something. You talk about solid. You guys are solid. 
When you've got anointed leadership, men will tie themselves to anointed leadership. But pastor, I'm going to tell you something. You got to be careful what you say when you've got men like this with you. Because David said, I wish somebody would get me a drink. And those fellows, you know, say, hey, David wants some water. And you know, th- th- this is how you know somebody's a ride or die. You say, listen, we got to go do something. Some people are going to get hurt. I can't tell you what's going on. You're going to come with me. And they say, who's driving? That's your boy right there. <laughs> That's your boy right there. Somebody said, hey, we got to get on. And he said, who's driving? And then they ran and went. And this is a deal. Saul is at the base of the mountain. They fight through Saul. Sometimes your enemies are going to be domestic. Sometimes it's going to be family. And they fought through. But see, this is a deal. Bethlehem was his hometown. And his hometown is held by the enemy. The Philistines. The giants. The spiritual nemesis of Israel. And they fought right through them. I can just see them. There's two guys standing like this. And one guy down there digging. Get in that water. Man. Then they fight their way back through. Fight their way back through the Philistines. Fight their way back through Saul's army. Come in and they say, here you go, David. Here you go. Now let me tell you what happened to you this morning. You woke up. Donuts were ready. Thank you for the donuts. Appreciate that. I was just kidding about that. I'm not supposed to eat donuts, and I ate them all. But you didn't know that. So you got up this morning, and you thought there's just going to be another day, and y'all going to come, and we're going to worship the Lord a bit, and then we're going to go on. And, uh, but you see, you didn't realize there's mighty men here. And when the Spirit of the Lord started moving, you thought, I love you, Lord. I wish I could give you more. But you know. So he fought. He fought through your sin. He fought through the sin of Adam. He brought you a nice cup of yesterday. And he put it in your hands this morning. Now, what are you going to do? Are you going to intoxicate yourself on your failures again? Are you going to try to bolster yourself with your successes? Are you going to be that guy that's Sitting on a bar stool in 20 years talking about what was. Nobody wants to talk to that guy. Nobody wants to hear the same old stories over and over about how you almost. See, some of you right now, God has great success for you. But you don't realize that your success, the gift of your success is always wrapped with your failures. You gotta keep getting up, man. You gotta keep going. Because you see what you hold in your hand. What David was longing for was water that would satisfy a shepherd. But David, honey, you ain't a shepherd no more, son. 
you're a king. And that that satisfies a shepherd will not satisfy a king. You're different now. You can never go back. But you can live in the past until you die. So what are you going to do? Because you have the opportunity to recognize that drink for what it is. Look in the cup, hon. It's not water. It's blood. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. If our heart condemn us, there's one greater than our heart. Sir, stop. Don't drink it again. Understand that there's one greater than our heart here this morning. And unto him who is eternal, everlasting, the only wise God and our Savior, you can take that cup and pour it out unto the Lord. And you honor not only yourself, and you honor not only the God of heaven, but you honor the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. You honor Him by letting Him forgive you. You honor Him by forgiving those who wronged you. Because see, that wasn't David's failures in there. That was David's offense. That was the shame of having his wife taken from him. That was a shame. He was publicly shamed. I'm going to talk about that tonight. Listen to me. If you are breathing, I don't care if you are sick, dying, whatever. I mean, I know the contagious thing and we're going, oh, if you're contagious, whatever, blah, 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 whatever. Okay, figure that out. If you are alive tonight, be here. This evening, because God's getting ready to do something this morning. And then we're going to build right on top of that. And we're getting ready to launch. I'm telling you, you mark this down. You mark this day down. I'm going to tell you, I'm pastor in New Orleans, Louisiana. I eat devils for breakfast. I know what day it is. This ain't his day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad. Devil, you've got no hold on this city. You've got no hold on these people. You've got no word to speak nor thought to bring. Shout yes. Stand with me. I want you to hold out your hands in front of you as though you have a cup. And I want you to close your eyes. Today's going to be the day of somebody's deliverance. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I want you to take that cup. I want you to hold it out and close your eyes. I want you to think about, I want you to think about the first thing that you think about every time you think about moving forward in God. It's in there.
God was there. He knows the loss. He knows the pain. He knows what you think was taken from you. But remember this. God doesn't take unless He is making room to replace or to fulfill or to increase. There's somebody here and I keep feeling this and and this is so delicate and I'm so sorry. I, I wish I was a better speaker that I could say it better. In that cup is a is a lost child or a lost loved one. And you say, God, why would you do this to me? My dear, you need to see the other side. You need to see the eternal, not the temporal, and understand. That God doesn't take our loved ones. He receives them. Death takes our loved ones. It is appointed unto man once to die. And then the judgment. God doesn't come and take. That's not God. He receives. Thank you, sister. That's what I'm talking about right there. Hallelujah, Jesus. Why did he leave me? Why did she leave me? Everybody has a choice. And you have a choice today to chase that train that's left the station or to stand here and wait on the one that God has summoned for you. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah, Jesus. I want you to look in that cup this morning and I want to ask you are you going to intoxicate yourself another day on that that brings you no relief are you going to let your shame keep you running from what God has for you one more day honey that was not your fault let it go let it go there's some young men here you've never heard your father say you can do it you can make it you got the goods you listen to this old man right now look at me boys you can do this you got the goods Hear me now. You got the goods. You're going to make it. You keep fighting. You keep moving forward. Pour out that shame. That's it, son. Pour it out. Pour it out. Come on. God's doing a healing in this place right now. Hallelujah. Some of you men, you have chased your father's approval your whole life. You need to be here tonight. I'm going to preach to you, but right now I want you to understand something. Your heavenly Father knows you. He sees you. He believes in you. Sometimes we got to stop being the son and we got to start being the father. There comes a point in time where we got to get our acknowledgement from God Almighty and pass it down to the next generation.
Jesus. Pour it out. Let me tell you something. It was when David poured that out and honored those men that it sealed their loyalty to him because he valued the jeopardy that they had set themselves in. I'm going to tell you something. You honor men. The reason that your pastor has the influence and the anointing that he has is because he has learned the power of honoring people. Not patronizing, not flattering, but genuinely acknowledging and honoring them. Learn that. When you do, God will set you in high places. God will put you in a, a place that you never thought you could be. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. Who wants to pour it out this morning? Come on, I'm telling you, there's some of you, you have never moved. When these come down to worship, you've never moved. Make a move today. I'm talking to you, sir. If you'll move, your family will follow. You're wondering what's going on with your boy, what's going on with your daughter. They need to see you pour out that bitterness. They know it. They feel it. They understand it. Pour out that that slight. You're chasing. You're holding grudges against people that were dead 20 years. Let it go. Let it go. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Pastor, I'm going to take a liberty here. If you need to be dismissed, God bless you. But if you are here under the sound of my voice, come to this altar. Come to this altar. I'm going I'm to help you. I'm going to help you this morning. Come on, sir. I'm talking to the men in this church. Sir, I listen. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not one that has arrived. You hear my words. I know what it's like to be publicly humiliated. I know what it's like to have a failure financially. I know what it's like to have a failure in your life. I know what it's like. And now you're wondering, well, keep on wondering because it's under the blood. I poured it out. And my biggest problem was trying to figure out how God was going to use me again. But you see, it was already calculated. My failure was already calculated. My shortcomings were already counted. Y'all come on up closer so everybody can get in here. Come on. Come on. This is going to be a day of healing at new life. This is going to be us letting go of old life so we can truly take a hold of new life. Come on, sir. Get those hands in the air. Surrender. I would have it that men would lift up holy hands unto God without wrath and without doubting. Hallelujah. Spirit of prophecy is in this house. Hallelujah, Lord. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
for with stammering lips and another tongue shall I speak to these people. For all that they would not hear. But this is the rest whereby the weary are made to rest. Hallelujah, Lord. Pour it out this morning. Sacrifice that drink. Far be it unto me, O God, that I would drink this. For as surely this is the blood of them when in jeopardy of their lives for me. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord.